LWDG Pod Dog, the podcast that helps women train their gun dogs and become part of a supportive community. I'm Joanne Perrett, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, and I'm thrilled to be your host. Our online membership offers expert training, monthly courses, and live coaching sessions that empower women to become confident and skilled gun dog handlers. Join us as we share insights, advice, and stories to help you and your four-legged friend achieve your goals. So grab your headphones, sit back, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. This week I'm going to be talking to the fabulous LWDG featured expert Abby Reed, all about showing dogs that the Basque classes are crafts. How are you today, Abby? We are hi Joe. Yeah, very good, thanks. A bit rainy down here, but hopefully soon be summer. Definitely, we're all waiting for spring to come, especially in Wales, where that's all we seem to have seen is rain. Um, you've been showing in the bass classes of craft for quite a few years now haven't you yeah we we worked out we've been going for eight years now just disregarding the year that was cancelled for covid so yeah we figure that we're like seasoned professionals now <laughs> it is lovely to chat to you about it because i know there's um lots of our community who might be like they understand what craft is you know it's a, it's a uk show it's run by the ken club they understand all that but they might not really understand about this like little section of it which is run by Basque so can you tell people you know what is the Basque bit of crafts about? So the Basque uh, element of crafts is if you have a working gun dog uh, Casey registered they run sort of classes for for those dogs to enter um, and be judged just the same as a show Labrador or a show Pointer would be judged but it's specifically just for working dogs uh, to enter the class you have to get a written letter from a keeper saying that you and your dog have been part of their picking up team uh, or beating team um, for that season and then you can run your dog in these classes so do people have to qualify for the classes any more than just being on a shoot no there's no qualification um, it's not like, you know, at champ shows with, for show breeds where you have to work your way through the levels. I'm not too sure about all that, actually, if I'm honest. But uh, yeah, as long as you, your dog is part of a working team on a shoot and the keeper signs off a letter for you, then you can enter. That's the only qualification you need. We say that's the only qualification you need, like it was a simple thing. But the fact that your dog is working on a shoot in itself, it is a feat in itself. Not a lot of dogs actually get to that point of being out on shoot, beating or picking up. So what made you want to take your very well-trained, very good working dogs and take them into a show ring? Do you know what? It was just a friend eight or nine years ago. She was into showing um, previously before she got into her working Goldens. And she just mentioned one day, I think we were out of the pub, and she said, do you know what? Why don't we enter the bass classes at Crufts? And without really sort of thinking about what it was in, would entail, I think a few of us just thought, oh, what a great idea. So that's how it started. And we went for the first time. And it's so far removed from anything that we do during a normal working day, that we just really enjoyed it. For one day a year, it's a real treat to do it. And it is lovely that these classes take place because 
we all see a huge variation in between the show breeds and the working breeds or, or, or the working lines of certain breeds like a show lab and a working lab look very different a show cocker and a working cocker look very different so these classes allow the working line to have its time in the ring doesn't it it does indeed yeah it's it's really good to see in in the crafts arena like so that members of the public can see actually what a working dog should look like um because they are as you say very different to the showbread lines that you see in the ring at the moment so many moons ago when you decided you'd go on this like first little adventure to crafts um what what was it like for you what was like like the preparation process Okay, so what we did was, um, my friend who suggested it is actually, she's very good at showing and she, she knew what she was doing. So we just hired a local hall and I think the four of us, um, we got together for three sessions and my lovely friend Sue just ran through what we'd have to do. So we all turned up with our working bread dogs and our nice little show leads that we'd bought. You have to have a matching lead to the dog. Um, and we just literally practiced running around the hall so uh, she sort of told us we might, might have to run in a circle or a triangle so we practiced actually getting our dogs to run so they just trotted so they the judges would be able to see their gait you know they're not meant to canter as such they're meant to trot so we had to practice the speed that we would go okay we'd also have to practice how we'd hold the leads because basically the, the judge doesn't want to look at the human they need to be able to see the dog um, she also taught us how to get our dogs to stand because although it's like not for show dogs, the dogs are expected to stand. So uh, it's quite hard for a working dog because generally we spend the whole time trying to get them to sit. And so here we are going, no, 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 undo all your training that we taught you in the field and you now have to stand. So we taught them to stand and not only do they have to stand, they have to be gone over. So they have, have to be happy to stand there and have a judge go all over their confirmation, they're down their muscles, look at their teeth. If they're a, a male dog, they have to have their, you know, family jewels checked out. <laughs> you know, all stuff that doesn't happen in everyday working life. So we had to learn how to do that. Um, and also just basically how to handle a dog in an arena. And I'm sure it'd be the same for your dogs, just even going in a hall with friends dogs was a new experience for my dogs because we spend our whole time outside in fresh air our daughter charlotte went through this process um probably a couple of years ago now she was picking up on the glanusk estate um and picking up with a spaniel and my, and my dad had all his labs and his spaniels and she was only young bless i say it wasn't that long ago she was 14 at the time she's kind of 22 now so it was uh nearly eight years ago it's probably around the same time that you're chatting about and um i can remember the whole thing like Charlotte was obsessed as a she was a young kennel club member she was obsessed with the whole like showing she dragged her little spaniel bless around doing all these show things but because the um spaniel was docked even though she was a working dog as as you probably know completely they're not allowed in the crafts ring they're not allowed to show so she instead grabbed this labrador and said you will come with me bless him and he went through all those things that you're just talking about with charlotte like going onto a show lead you go and stand up while somebody touches you underneath and it, it is massively different to 
to what they were doing a month before, isn't it? It's totally different. And like my dogs even like go to the groomers the week before now. Like they never go to the groomers ever. But now because we do crafts, like a few days before crafts, my lot go to the groomers. So that's a new experience. So once a year they have to, you know, go through all that, which they're totally fine with. But, you know, they're not used to it like all these show dogs who have it every week. Yeah. And the whole, like, going to groomers is probably becoming, like, an indication to them now. They're like, yay, we're <laughs> off to crafts. <laughs> My dogs, absolutely. I would have, would have thought they wouldn't enjoy it, but they really do. It's such an alien environment, but actually they really rise to the occasion. And they also love the fact that your pockets are just stuffed full of treats all day long to, like, you know, make them stand, make them look pretty when they're meant to look pretty or handsome or or whatever and to get them to run around the ring so you know they quite like it because it's it's full of food and what about like preparing yourself for it you've talked a little bit about like what you did right at the beginning you know like having this haul and practicing but you have to like really look the part to support how the dog looks don't you uh yeah we do and because we enter the the team event as well um which is the Basque, um, well, it's called the Basque team event. There's three of us in the team. So we all have to like match what we're wearing. So actually our preparation sessions, we all decide which shirt we're gonna wear, you know, the tie and what color trousers and the boots that we're gonna wear. So we have to prepare in that way as well, which is quite girly and quite fun. So for those who are, um, you know, listening to you now and thinking about, oh, you know, the dog didn't really have to qualify to be there other than being like a working dog on a working estate. They still go through the same amount of judging as a show dog would, wouldn't they? Yeah, they do. The Bath classes are run along the lines of a show, a show dog class. So when you go into the arena, the, there's a steward who ticks your number off because you have to wear a number, as they do in the show ring. And as soon as you're in the ring, the judge is judging you. The judge is in the ring before you get in the ring. So you walk in and then usually you run around the arena as a big group. So in the bitch class, the Labrador bitch class that I was in, there was 60 dogs in the class. It was huge. So all 60 dogs were running around the arena when we first got in, as they do in the normal show class classes. You then have to wait your turn and to go, it's called under the judge. So you walk up to the judge and you have to present your dog in a stand for the judge to go over, look at the teeth, look in your ears, you know, check all the muscles, check your dog's confirmation. As we said, put, put, put his or her hands wherever they need to put them. <laughs> And so just as they would do in a show ring, okay, and you're then asked to like run either in a circle or a triangle. So it is run exactly like a show class, but for working dogs. And like you just mentioned, these are highly competitive classes, aren't they? It's not just a few of you. They are big, big classes. Yeah, big, big classes. I think, as I said, I was in the Labrador bitch class and also the Labrador dog class. There were 60 bitches and there was well over 50 dogs. Um, we also did the field trial class as well. Uh, there was a lot less in that because that's actually run by Crufts. So to qualify for that, you have to have a field trial award. Um, but it was a much smaller class. But the Bass classes are getting bigger every year. 
So to win it, to get an award is like totally amazing out of all those dogs. And for like those listening, like the really amazing thing, I suppose, of these classes are, are they really do show the public there is a very different dog that works on an estate. Yeah, I mean, there, there, are, there were some show dogs in the arena. Show dogs obviously can pick up, work on shoots, but they are such a different look. And I think it's really good for the public to be able to come to Crufts and walk around the benches because the public can walk all around the benches where our dogs are and see the difference. See the difference in a showbread, which was like in, say, I don't know, ring number 35, and a working bread, which was saying ring 25, and they can go and see the differences. Certainly for some breeds, there's a lot of difference between the show and the working. Yeah, absolutely. And for you and for all the competitors, there isn't really like a backstage, is there? Because when you're waiting in your uh, area to go into the class, the public can still see you. Yeah, yeah, all day long. It's actually, that's what we really enjoy because we have members of the public come up and they chat. And they chat about obviously our dogs, but then they chat about their own dogs. And they, it's just, it's a really friendly day out. And obviously my dogs love it because everyone tells them how handsome, how pretty, you know, it gives them loads of fuss and attention for the whole day. But um, yeah, no, it is, it is a good day out and I recommend anyone to go. And the judges then, the judges are people from a working background. So they're understanding what they're looking for in the confirmation in this class yeah yeah so for example the judge for the labrador bitches this year was laura hill who many of your um, ladies will know is you know very very big in field trials you know and breeds like amazing dogs so laura certainly knows what a good dog looks like and, and feels like so it's people who know what they're looking for and I think it's lovely for the whole um, community to have that opportunity to put that, their dogs forward in this way. But there isn't part of this um, day, which is about actually seeing them work, is there? No, no, your dog doesn't come off the lead. So, I mean, you know, we always joke and say, maybe you should throw a dummy now and the first dog to get it is a winner. Like, <laughs> but no, your dog is off the lead. It's purely in the judge's mind what the best dog on the day is you know so that's that's what the winner's going to be do you think that you know your dog's lovely you're enjoying the process the people in your little team are enjoying the process do you think it's something that not keeps the spirit of the community alive but you get to meet lots of people from other shoots other places who love what you love don't you yeah, yeah, it's all very sociable. And actually, over the years, we, we have met a few people that we now look forward to meet just through Crufts. You know, look, we'd never see them anywhere else because we don't live anywhere near each other or perhaps they don't do working tests or, or trials or anything as such, but they go on shoots. So we sort of like, you know, have a bit of friendly banter every year. And that's just all through Crufts. So going to Crufts over these, over these years, what what have you learned like you know we are every time we take our dogs out we come away with like a, a lesson learned but what have these particular days given you so i'll tell you what joe the main thing that i've learned um after all these years of going to crafts is just how adaptable 
and amenable our working dogs are. I mean, my dogs spend the whole day working in fields, playing in fields, you name it, walking in fields, outdoors. And suddenly for one day a year, we asked them to go into a hall with probably over a thousand dogs. I couldn't tell you how many people, I'm not very good at estimating that, but loads of people coming at them. And actually they just adapt to it and they enjoy it for that day. They love it. So that's, I think that's what I've learned. Uh, I've also learned for me, actually, I'm, I'm always known I'm competitive in everything I do. And I'm like quite competitive, even at showing, even though I do it one day a year, <laughs> Obviously, you know, want to win. <laughs> I haven't quite done it yet, but, um, you know, it just, it's a good day out and it's a day that me and my friends, we look forward to, you know, we pack our picnic lunch, you know, we leave the house about five 30 in the morning, having walked the other dogs but we've got a picnic lunch, we've got a bottle of Prosecco in a bag, and we just go and we have a good day. On the day and like across the entire Crafts Week, we watch different people in our community who've done different classes, all share their wins. And there's a real feeling around that, that week, I think, of just, it, like you said, enjoying something that's not normally part of the gun dog world and really seeing dogs do incredibly well um, in a different environment. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And if you think, like, as I said, but if you think there was just in our arena, there was 50 Labrador dog dogs, you know, all entire, all, you know, all got hormones or whatever, but there wasn't one crossword between any of them, you know, because the relationship they have with their handler and the fact that they're well-trained, obedient dogs, it's like everyone just gets on with it. So it, it's really nice to see. Yeah, and I almost think that people who are not familiar with the sport, they they never get to see, you know, when 20 of you jump in a beater's wagon and all the dogs are just chucked in with you and you're all in there, you're all making the best of it. And you don't get these crosswords between the dogs and everybody copes with very challenging environment changes all the time. And our dogs are a testament to the fact that the way we've trained them is to be social, isn't it? It is, yeah. Social, but not over-sociable. You know, so social as in they can deal with anything we throw at them because, the, you know, they know that actually they're going to be all right because they're with you and, you know, you, you've got their back. So it's just, they just trot into the hall, you know, at Crufts at the NEC and like, like they've done it forever. You know, two of my dogs that I took this year have never been before, but they just like just took it all in their stride. And I really think it's because they're happy in their own skin and they just take on board whatever, whatever I decide we're going to do that day. And your point there is absolutely right, isn't it? They're sociable, but not over sociable. So they're not, they're not jumping and, and like lunging for people and all those things that not so much that you'd see in a show environment, but that you do see with, with lots of dogs, these like over excited dogs. Our dogs tend to be able to quite happily cope whatever we throw at them. Yeah, yeah. And I think throwing them into a big hall with loads of people and loads of dogs is a big ask. But, you know, every year I come away really proud of them. And also thinking I've got like the best dog, you know, <laughs> even though we didn't win. <laughs> after, you know, we're talking a little bit about like after the day. Is it a case like you've mentioned you haven't won in, in the eight years, but is it more for you like 
I suppose it is for lots of people. The taking part that counts. It really is. And I, as I said, it, it, it is just a fun day out. It's so far removed from anything that, that myself and my friends do. In fact, probably anyone in that arena does on that day. It's just something we look forward to. I mean, I don't think I could do it any more than one day a year, if I'm honest. Give me a muddy field and, well, maybe not wind and rain, but give me a muddy field and my dog's out in the open any day. But as I say, for a day, it's, it's good. I had an email last week from um, a dad, his name's Tom Unwin. I don't know if you would be, even be aware of this, but his daughter, Elodie, listens to our podcast all the time. And she was at Craft. She's only, let me just check my factor. She's seven. Um, and she's like taking part in like those little working shoots now. And her most recent achievement came in winning the Basque Young Handler class and being in the second place team in the Basque Gundo team event at Craft. Um, where she showed Otter's daughter Drift, which is one of um, their dogs. Can you remember seeing this little girl, I wonder? Uh, yeah, no, we did. Yeah, she was like, she was really good. She was really good. And I, I think her photo has been on a few sort of like Facebook pages and everything. Yeah, but she was amazing. But they, they have young handler classes for like up to 18 year olds under, under a certain age as well. So that's really good. So it's getting young people into it as well yeah and for us within like uh, uh, the shooting industry the shooting community where we face challenges every day from what the outside world perceive us to be about or what types of people we are to see this going on in crafts and then to see like youngsters coming through and loads of people just really you know i i don't i don't use the word in a in a thing way but normal people because i i think people think normal people don't go shooting but we are just normal everyday people from a, a huge variety of backgrounds just loving spending time with our dogs yeah and actually like and i know you'll agree with this going on shoot day or this a shoot day is is just the best fun because of the people who go obviously you know working your dogs is brilliant but actually it's the people who also make it so all the banter on the beaters bus the shoot bus you know the gun bus everyone just has a good day out because we all have a common love of you know the countryside yeah and a lot of people will like take days off work use their holidays to go on this day for that reason you know it's it's without that social aspect without those like laughs and those giggles and that fun and that that sort of environment you wouldn't get people beating and picking up i don't think a lot of people do it for the the tiny bit of money they get paid i think they genuinely do it for the love of that environment yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and the chance to work your dog is just the best feeling ever i mean that's why i do it both those reasons so what are your future plans for showing dogs and crafts? Is it like, I'm loving every minute of day, but one day I will take the dog in there that will win? <laughs> yeah, of course, Joe. <laughs> no, no, it, obviously it would be nice, but um, I'm only joking. Um, no, the future plans is just to have another great day out next year. You know, we're making plans already. Like, I think Gun Dog Day will be on the Friday, so we'll all have to take time off work. We work weekends as well, but um, for those of people with an office job who do it, we'll have to take the day off. And um, yeah, we'll just get up early and go up the old M1 and have a nice day in, in a hall with like a thousand dogs 
and come home again. So who are the lovely, um, I'm assuming they both, I think I'm sure you said ladies, who are the lovely ladies who are part of your team as well? Because we haven't mentioned them. Okay, so part of the team, uh, Sue Davidson with her beautiful Goldie Reg. There was, Harriet was in the team with uh, She Showed Sherman. Uh, and then also we had Claire Donovan with her chocolate Labrador Seren. So as it was, only three people can actually do the team events. So Harriet was busy in the field trial class with Lara, her bitch. Uh, so Claire with her chocolate Labrador joined the team. So it was me, Claire and Sue in the team. Fantastic. And what sort of advice would you give anyone who's interested in showing their dog in the Bass competition next year? I think, well, you need to get, obviously, a letter from your gamekeeper or shoot captain to qualify, to qualify you for your entry. Um, I think what I would do, actually, if I didn't know anyone who knew about showing, I would perhaps go and enrol on a ring craft course, just a basic course. that They do them all over the country. I'm sure there's probably websites for it. And I'd just go and maybe do a little six-week course in how to run your dog around the ring and the etiquette of what you can and can't do. I think that was, would be my advice. I mean, we had Sue to teach us. We were very lucky. But if I didn't know anyone, I would join a ring craft class. That's incredibly uh, good advice because I think, like you said, it's just, it's just knowing how you're going to run, where you're going to run and why you're going to run it, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is like, definitely a process. I used to watch Charlotte like literally do practice after practice, the amount of time she'd say to me, mum can watch me, mum can watch me, mum and my dog's four legs still attached to each corner and pointing down in the same way. And I'd be like, I don't really understand this, but the dog looks okay. But yeah, there is a whole process to it. Yeah. And, and like you said, the, the being handled, getting your dog used to being handled by somebody it doesn't know. Both, you know, men and lady judges. So make sure your dog's happy with a man and a lady literally coming at them i suppose to open their mouth and and go over them yeah definitely well thank you very very much abby you're Pleasure. one of our featured experts you help us with loads you're part of our hotness handler course but talking to you about this like and not unusual topic but this like yearly topic that came up to the ground is absolutely fantastic i'm sure everybody's absolutely loved it um so thank you for your time thank you for your Pleasure. expertise uh, is there any sort of final thoughts that you'd like to give our listeners before we end our podcast? Uh, any thoughts? My th thoughts would be just enjoy your dogs. Whatever you're doing at the time you're doing it, just enjoy it because they actually are our, our best friends. So thank you very much, Abby, for your time. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's LWDG Pod Dog. And we look forward to speaking to you all next week. Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with Joanne Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group. If you are interested in joining our supportive community and taking advantage of our group experts training and resources, please visit our website at www.thelwdg.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And we look forward to helping you and your four-legged friend thrive. Until next time, keep training, keep learning, and keep working with your beloved gun dog.